Life as a woman in the 21st century is challenging. We experience social pressures to have a great job, be the best mom, partner, daughter, and maybe for some, depending on your age, caregivers for your parents. That means we have limited time for self-care. But did you know that taking just 20 minutes of me time three to five times a week will actually make you calmer, centered, and more productive in whatever it is that you need to do? One of the best ways I find my inner calm is to do yoga, of course, but also to learn something new and exciting, to get my mindset away from that monumental to-do list. Life is so serious so much of the time, so it's important to lighten up and take a break from it all. In this podcast, we will be discussing topics that I find fascinating and that help me get into a positive present moment headspace. Appropriately titled Yoga, the Moon, and Me, we will be discussing yoga, of course, but also spirituality, travel, the moon, her energy and her phases, and, well, life. You can find a new podcast here each week, sometimes just me, and sometimes I'll have a partner in crime. I don't take myself too seriously, and I believe that most problems can be solved by a conversation and 60 good minutes on a yoga mat. So from my sacred space to yours, welcome to the Yoga, the Moon, and Me podcast. This podcast is brought to you by Green River & Co. Once upon a time, we were a brick and mortar yoga studio. But we have outgrown those walls, and we have grown beyond just yoga. Now you can find the studio here, online, offering yoga, meditation, and higher learning. That means you can learn, grow, and practice with us anywhere, anytime, no matter where you are in the world. You can even take us on holidays. If you are curious about all things spiritual, but don't have a community where you feel safe discussing things like tarot cards, crystals, spirits, auras, and so on, check out Green River & Co's Spiritually Curious Collective. This is a virtual monthly membership where you can learn something new each month. We will do a deep dive on a not commonly talked about spiritual topic. You will receive teachings in a beautifully written format to add to your grimoire if you wish, an audio version if you learn better that way. You will receive homework to put the teachings into action, and you will also get a beautiful meditation pertaining to the topic. We will meet on the third Monday of each month via Zoom to talk and ask questions as a community. No question is too big, too small, or too silly. There's more too. So hop over to the website to get the details and sign up today. GreenRiverAndCo.ca Hi everyone, welcome to Yoga, the Moon and Me podcast. This week we're talking all about spirit guides. So this definitely falls under the spirituality uh, category of this podcast. So let me ask you something. Have you ever felt like something or someone was watching over you? Like not in a creepy way, but just a different way. Maybe you've heard a whisper or listened to that inner urging to take a different street or go on a different day, uh, only to be led away from danger or a really bad decision. If any of this resonates, then 
you know what? You've already had contact with your spirit guides. For some of you, this might be completely new information. For others, uh, you may already be working with your guides. So let's just have a conversation about this together. So what is a spirit guide? A spirit guide is a non-physical being assigned to assist you in reaching your greatest potential here on earth. Some say that they sign a soul contract to assist you in the many processes and transformations as you navigate life. Everyone has a spirit guide or two or three at any given time. That means you are never alone. You are being divinely guided through life. So take time to slow down and soften your gaze unplug from your devices and begin the communication with your helpers from the spiritual realm. So I've been on my spiritual journey really since my 30s. I mean, I was born and raised in the United Church, but I'm talking really looking for the creator of my understanding, heaven and hell, and the rules of the Bible felt a little bit constricting to me. So I went looking for more. I was drawn to yoga and I loved how it made me feel calm, relaxed, mentally quiet, which was a rarity with two young boys and an imploding marriage. But yoga was my happy place. Yoga teacher training led me to Reiki, which led me to body talk, which led me to holistic hypnosis, which led to the Akashic records and past lives. I mean, I'm thorough. So here I am now, this year I'll be 53, and what a spiritual journey I have been on. Most of it has been amazing, exciting, and refreshing. Some of it has been hard to understand and frustrating, but that's life, isn't it? If it was all easy, why would we bother? I can't remember exactly when the idea of spirit guides was presented to me. I want to say I was maybe early 40s. But I do know that when I realized that I had a spiritual team supporting me, loving me, and guiding me, I felt amazing. It started with practicing meditation to quiet the monkey mind enough to have a place for connection and communication. Then there came trusting myself enough to know that the thoughts in my head weren't of me, but were in fact messages from my guides. In a little bit, we'll talk more about meeting your guides, but I want to share with you one funny story about how I got to know my current ancestral guide, and I name her Jane. So I was well into my spiritual journey, and I was working with my guides on a regular basis. I was watching for their signs and direction, which can be tough since I'm somewhat stubborn, I'm a Taurus. And what I didn't realize early on is that your guides change. When they've taught you everything that is agreed upon for them to teach you, well, they move on to someone else and you get a new guide or set of guides. And that first changing of the guards was tough for me. I felt like I'd lost a friend and I felt a little bit left in limbo. But that wasn't the case, of course. But I had figured out our communication technique and was really sad to see her go. As I mentioned, we have more than one guide, so I have a second guide who continued to be there for me, but he felt more in the background, so to speak, the administrator, so not exactly my direct contact. But I thought, well, whatever works, maybe this is the way it is now for me. 
In hindsight, I don't know why I just didn't realize that Jane was one of my guides. I just thought that she was a spirit looking for my attention. I got so caught up in my relationship with my first known to me guide that I just, I didn't get it. Anyways, so she came to me in readings and meditations. She called me to Scotland. I'd have like this longing for Scotland all of the time. And she showed me many historical events there. I then traveled to Scotland several times personally, as well as leading yoga retreats. And every time I would go, she would make herself known to me. I have a favorite cemetery in Edinburgh. I mean, don't we all? (laughs) And it's called Greyfriars Kirkyard. So I walk in and the first name I see on a stone, and you have to understand the gravestones over there, there's like 75 names on them. They're all washed out and there's new names. There's just so many names. It's not like our North American newer gravestones. So I see on a stone that has a thousand names on it. I look at it and of course the first name that pops out at me is Jane. I'm like, okay, funny coincidence. I went to two more cemeteries and the name that also stood out to me was Jane. I went to visit a friend in her flat and I said, hey, what are you doing? And she said, oh, come on in. I'm just watching Jane Eyre. (laughs) Like, I can't even make this stuff up. So my last visit to Scotland, I was with my friend Anne in Stirling and we went to the cemetery, of course, which is beautiful. It's just close to the castle. And so I said to my friend Anne, you know, I think Jane might be done with me. She isn't showing herself to me. We've been here for a couple of days. I haven't really, you know, we've been to all the cemeteries. Nothing's really standing out for me. There's no synchronicities about her. Maybe she's done with me. We literally walk around the corner. So the cemetery separated with like really old corner, newer stones, newer stones being like 1700s. And so walk around the corner and I'm not kidding you, the next 10 stones we saw all had the name Jane on them. So I was like, okay, I'm listening. So once I got home, I did some research regarding my maternal lineage. And I had this wonderful woman, and funny enough, her name is Jane, at the local library, help me. And we found out that my maternal grandmother's family was from Inverness and Isle of Skye, Scotland, dating all the way back to the 1500s. And in the census notes, we found one of my ancestors by the name of, you guessed it, Jane. Poor Jane worked so hard to get my attention. And now we have a beautiful working relationship. And it feels even more special to me knowing that we are in some way related. Now, not every meet cute is quite so difficult. Like I said earlier, I'm a Taurus and it seems even when I don't consciously know I'm being stubborn, I'm being stubborn. So other times for me, and I've heard similar experiences from others, a spirit guide connection is simply a beautiful meeting in meditation. It's a realization that that soft, perhaps soft messaging is not coming from you and your ego self. They are messages from outside of you. So let's break it down. What is a spirit guide? Spirit guides are non-human or human entities that reside in the spiritual realm and make their wisdom available to the living. They take a variety of forms, which we'll touch on in a little bit. 
Spirit guides assist humans in their daily lives, even though they are not aware of the guide's presence. You don't have to be aware for them to continue helping. The idea of spirit guides is a belief system that spans many cultures and religions, and although different cultures may call their guides by different names, they all share undeniable similarities. Your guides want you to win. They are your biggest supporters of all of your causes. They are the fixers of your heartaches, the spiritual Siri offering alternate directions when you're stuck in traffic. And when you consider how messy life can be, well, wouldn't it just be silly if we tried to do the whole thing on our own? There's several types of spirit guides. The reality is all spirit guides are just that, they're spirits, so they don't have a physical form now, they're simply energy. However, if they were at some point a physical being, then they will have that former presence, personality, and history to draw upon. So let's go over the types of guides that I am aware of. Number one, ancestors. So this is one obviously that is near and dear to me. Ancestors are humans who have lived before you and are no longer with you in this physical plane. While your deceased loved ones might be near you and able to communicate with you, they are not in your spirit guide tribe. If you have an ancestor as a spirit guide, it will be a relative that was not known to you in this lifetime. They would have lived in lifetimes before, like a great aunt or great grandparent or even further back. Number two, ascended masters. Ascended masters are humans that have gained the mastery needed to reach enlightenment. That's the eighth limb of yoga, isn't it? Samadhi, enlightenment. They are free from karma. They have merged with their higher selves and they no longer need to incarnate on this earth plane. Instead, they become our guides to assist us on our journey in our life experiences. There's some very well-known ascended masters like Buddha and Jesus, and some lesser known ones that work with humans here on earth. It's important to know that if you have an ascended master as your guide, they are not yours and yours alone. They work with many humans simultaneously, working to raise the spiritual consciousness of all humanity. Number three, animal spirits. So animal spirit guides are known across the world in many different cultures, and each one, again, with their own specific names. Some people might refer to them as mothers, fathers, grandmothers, grandfathers, totem animals, familiars, or power animals, to name a few. Animal guides appear in animal form and represent the collective spirit of a specific animal species. These guides often come in the form of signs and signals, like seeing a hawk every time you have a specific thought or experience. It's also common to see animal guides in dreams, meditations, and visions. Number four, deities. A deity is a god or goddess, depending on the religion and culture that you check in with. Every culture has a strong connection to a deity or multiple deities. Um, Does your guide feel regal and commanding? Are you drawn to gods and goddesses in your everyday life? If you feel drawn to particular deities or certain god or goddess energy shows up in your life often, 
foster that connection by learning more about them. Read up on their stories and characteristics. Each one comes with its own personality and purpose, and they may be looking to help you on your earthly path. Number five, nature spirits. Nature spirits are of the natural world who live in the same space we do, but just on a different frequency. Each culture and spiritual tradition has its own name for nature spirits. They are often connected to the elements, fire, air, earth, water, and some inhabit mountains, flowers, trees, rivers, or streams. All cultures recognize Mother Earth as a sentient being, which means the capacity to experience feelings and sensations. This means the spirits of the moon, sun, stars, and planets are also nature spirits and can communicate with us. It is believed that each manifestation of nature has a spirit, just as each human has a soul. Number six, star beings. Some people believe that many of us have ancestral connections to different galaxies. This system suggests that souls haven't just reincarnated here on Earth, but on stars and planets light years away. If you feel like you've never really belonged here, if you don't fit in, or if you feel a spark of energy when you hear about the potential of being related to star-based spiritual teams, then these guides might be for you. Number seven, angels. Angels are always available to us for help, support, and assistance, but it's unclear if an angel will actually be designated as your guide. I would say, if you feel drawn to angels, if you are fascinated by them, it is likely that one of your guides is an angel. The word angel comes from the Greek word agalos, meaning messenger. This makes sense as angels act as the middleman between us and the divine. Angels are peacemakers, comforters, and healers of the universe. Many people refer to having a guardian angel that has kept them out of harm's way at various times in their lives. So how do guides connect with you? Guides communicate with you in a variety of ways. Most often, people could refer to them as coincidences, but there's no such thing. Those recurring events are, in fact, your guides trying to get your attention. So let's look at some of the signs. Recurring numbers like 1111, 111, 444, etc. You might see these on a clock, house numbers, license plates. If you see the same recurring numbers, you might look up their special meaning as well as recognizing that someone's trying to get your attention. For example, 444 symbolizes spiritual awakening and inner wisdom. This number is a reminder that you are on your spiritual path and that you are on the right path. The universe is supporting and guiding you as you continue on your journey of self-discovery and spiritual growth. So that might be a message directly from your guide that they're trying to affirm that you are on your right path. So they can also send you um, things to find like coins, feathers, or any other items that are clearly out of place and context and are just looking to get your attention. 
They send you orbs of light and pillars of light that you might see during meditation or at the point of waking or falling asleep. They send you words, recurring words, or words that just stand out for you. And you might see these on a billboard, on a bus, on a magazine. It might be a phrase in a book that you just keep reading again and again. You can't seem to get past it. And that's them trying to get your attention. Messages will also come in your dreams. So you might start journaling your dreams and paying better attention to them. You got to write them down first thing when you wake up or they kind of dissipate like fog. They will also send you messages through songs. So songs that emotionally move you or again, a phrase that really stands out for you. Be open to paying attention. That's what we mean by softening our gaze. So, and we're not so fixated on what we're doing in life. Soften the gaze so that you're taking in everything around you. So let's talk about the ways that you can connect with your guides. If you are having a full-blown crisis, like quit your job, get bangs kind of crisis, after this conversation, you might change the way you look at that. You might see this wee shit storm you find yourself in as a blessing. I could give you a bunch of old adages like when one door closes, another one opens or everything happens for a reason. What if I told you that a crisis is the perfect way for your guides to get your attention? You're feeling at your lowest point. You have nothing else to lose. And in that moment, you shift into a state of surrender and you soften your gaze and you begin to look beyond this physical world. You begin to really see and sense and feel the spiritual magic that you have the ability to tap into. Finally, you can feel that you aren't actually alone. And while you might think you are starting to go crazy, well, you really aren't. For the first time in your life, you're really pretty sane. So in this moment of surrender, your guides have your attention. You are starting to see their signs and the work can begin. So how do you start the conversation? How do you just start speaking to your guides? A really important first step is to build a regular spiritual practice. That means setting aside time almost every day. It might only be 15 minutes. But schedule it in to your day timer, whether that's a device or a paper, and that time you want to disconnect completely. One of the biggest distractors and disconnectors from spirit right now is technology, our devices, and the world's need for immediate responses. Just say no to that and be okay with not always being reachable. Our Green River and Co. community recently read the book, You Are Amazing by Neil Pasricha for Book Club. And one of his secrets is to go untouchable. And he means by that, have a lunch or a morning or a whole day each and every week where no one can contact you. Absolutely zero distractions. Like think about that, zero distractions, no text, no Insta, no binging on your phone, no phone calls, nothing. Like how blissful. So build a regular spiritual practice by setting aside time each day where you can be completely quiet and uninterrupted. Then 
Practice concentrating on something, anything, a candle flame, a tree, a flower, just one thing. Concentrate it, concentrate on it completely. This is a great way to begin controlling the monkey mind. Now start to practice meditation. Again, it doesn't need to be two hours in perfect lotus pose. It can be five minutes sitting up against a wall or in your favorite chair. Just try not to fall asleep. Meditation is the perfect meeting point to communicate with your guides. You might ask, what is it that you want me to know? Then listen for the response. You might ask a more direct question, but just start with one question and get comfortable with the experience of communicating with spirit. Listen to your intuition or your gut instinct. This is often your guides gently nudging you in the right direction. If it feels freaky for you to connect with a member of the spiritual realm, well, just take it nice and slow. Give yourself time to get comfortable with the whole concept if it is new to you. Remember that the answers you receive are what you're ready to hear and is usually something that is meaningful to you. All things will come to you through the path of least resistance. So be sure to relax and come into a mental state of allowing before trying to communicate. Know that your guides won't give you information that you can't handle. And finally, know that your communication will evolve in time just as you evolve. So what worked in the very beginning, it might shift and change and not work five years down the road. So just be open to that. So let's recap. A spirit guide is a non-physical being assigned to assist you in reaching your greatest potential here on earth. Every human, whether they know it or not, has one or more guides assisting them from the spiritual realm. They guide us by way of subtle inklings, nudges, or physical signs like repeating numbers, found coins, or synchronous words or songs. Our guides can change over time, as we grow and evolve, we may get new guides that are meant to teach us new things and assist us in different ways. There are several different types of guides. Ask yourself which type resonates most with your personality. It's very likely you already know which type of guide you have. We can communicate with our guides through meditation or a peaceful walk in the forest or along the beach. The location doesn't matter as much as your state of mind. Find a place where you can be uninterrupted, calm, relaxed, and relatively free from thought. I've created a guided meditation specifically for connecting to your spirit guides. If you're interested in receiving this, just shoot me an email, Facebook message, or Instagram DM with your email address and the words spirit guide, and I will send you the link. Remember, if this topic and others like it are of interest to you, check out the Spiritually Curious Collective, a virtual monthly membership where you will be surrounded by like-minded individuals with a desire to explore and discuss all things spiritual.